The Sean Chester Show? Oh my God, you gotta be kidding me! Maybe, okay? Next time, maybe. That means no in a woman's language. I know how to speak woman. That's right. <laughs> I got a root. I found the subject uh, very interesting. I, 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 I learned something from the show. Oh, what a bunch of Bolshevik that is. You do all those things. You tell these girls to hit women. Buddy, do you ever go to sleep? No. I believe it. No. <laughs> no, no. You don't, you know why you don't want to sleep? You don't want to sleep because... Well, you're gonna have to play sleep for the long sleep, so you know you, you put that off. So put that gonna, off your death. You're, so. you're gonna lengthen your life by staying awake the extra eight hours a day while we sleep. You twice. I get a third more done than all of you. the dad shack live on the beautiful shores of lake sawyer in black diamond washington it's the sean teshner show and a quick reminder to our call-in guests you are being audio recorded and all audio recordings become property of this show by participating you give us explicit permission to use your voice for profit and worldwide distribution on the internet i suspect you might be recording yes enjoy the rest of your show even Sinatra got a lawyer. Who the hell do these people think they is? A little bit more content that doesn't repeat would be a welcome um, improvement in the uh, in the show. Well, once again, welcome to the Sean Tester Show. This week's topic is going to be broken kids, and this is a show for fathers, especially myself having gone through a divorce. I want to talk to you about the best way to deal with the situation, keeping in mind that kids don't ask parents to get divorced, but they ultimately become the victims of divorce, whether we like it or not. And I can tell you from my experience, having been a single dad for 16 years and raising my daughter, if you can make yourself available every weekend for your kids and spend time with them, at least one parent, they're going to turn out okay. They're not going to turn out broken. They're not going to turn out bitter. They're actually going to try to do things to help themselves be successful, especially when it comes to trying to go to school, go to work, take risks. And that's something I want dads to think about. Another thing is uh, getting angry at the ex, saying bad things about the ex. The kids hear that stuff, and they absorb it, and it hurts them. And the bottom line is later on they're going to hate you for it and disrespect you, especially if you're going to drag another bimbo home and they see the bimbo walking through the hallways at night. Folks, this kind of stuff happens. I hear from kids all the time, being a teacher. There's a lot of brokenness out there, and it doesn't have to happen. These kids get angry. They come to school angry. They start to bully other kids. Uh, if you don't arrive to pick them up when you promise you're going to or break a, a promise to come to a birthday party or something, they're going to get angry, and they're going to take it out at some other little kid at school. They're going to start bullying behavior or they're going to become promiscuous or get pregnant. And I can tell you from being a dad, single dad especially, non-custodial, uh, to being a teacher, we see the brokenness all the time. And it doesn't need to happen. So, guys, I'm reaching out to you today. I hope you can call in. 
Uh, we're going to talk today regarding divorce. We're going to talk about parent custody, custody battles, child support, trying to save for a kid's education. Hopefully we'll get something out of this. This is not a woman bashing hour. This is simply reaching out to try and talk to dads and say, hey, make time for your kids. Because ultimately, if the kids are nervous and or the exes are nervous, guess what? It's all going to roll downhill. And for you guys who are thinking about starting over, take some time and do some research. Think about what you're doing. Get some legal advice. Depending on what state you live in, it might affect you long term, maybe for life. And I'd encourage you to sit down and talk to your kids and explain to them that you still love them, you still want to be in their lives, you still want to spend time with them. With that in mind, let's go ahead and take a call from our first guest. So happy to speak to Gino again in Las Vegas. Gino, thank you for calling the Sean Tesher Show. We're talking about fathers and broken kids. Um, I spoke about what it's like to be a teacher in the classroom and deal with a lot of kids coming from poverty. Some are homeless. Uh, some ha- are heartbroken because, oh, yeah. you know, their dads will tell them, I'll be there at your birthday, and then they don't show up, or they show up with a new bimbo other than their mothers, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, I was hoping you yeah. could uh, shed some yeah. light on that situation for us from your experience. Well, then, wow, it's, you know, it's a... Uh... We're not blaming you now. Don't worry. For me, it's just you know I've had a from your observation. I've had uh, I've had a few times where I've been able to be there for a kid, you know, and it's tough because uh, when uh, two people get together, then they have a kid or two, and then they separate, and then the next thing you know, the reasons why they're separating, what was it, drugs, alcohol, who knows, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just kind of leaves the kid broken. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've seen it. I, I worked with an agency called uh, Filipino Youth Activities in Seattle, Washington, where we mentored uh, problem kids oh, yeah. uh, that were, you know, dropped between the cracks because, you know, the good kids always, you know, they get praise and everything, and which is good. I mean, they, they deserve all the accolades they can get because they worked hard to get it. But these kids that fall through the cracks, you know, because of broken homes or whatever, uh they have nowhere else to look, you know. So we found that uh, they go to gangs and this, this and that, and that's where they found their family. And uh, so I we created it. this program through the city of Seattle that we mentored these kids. We'd go to court on juvenile court to show up for them, and parents wouldn't even be there. We'd walk in the court and say, hey, who's there for this kid? And I raised my hand and said, I will, Gino Navarro. And, uh, you know, Your Honor, they said, well, what, what, do you, what do you have? You know, and they never heard of it before. And I says, well, we have a program where we mentor these kids. And what we did was we took them in for 90 days. Now, you don't get them all. <laughs> don't get me wrong. You know, but the few you do get, you know, you're grateful to see. You know, they were able to make a change in their life because they got someone who will pay attention to them, listen to them, um, you know, and just give them something they didn't have at home. And that's all they were looking for. Other than to teach them. And that's all any of them were looking for. And form a wolf pack. Yeah. yeah. I mean. Be civil. Yeah. You know, they, they, and then the only thing they get from that is, well, you know, we support you. You got to support us. We're your family now. The mothers didn't care about you or whatever. You know, uh, this has kind of been ingrained in their head from the time they step into it. I mean, you know, they. Form trust relationships. Sounds like those kids are always in survival yeah. mode or have PTSD. Hard to form relationships. Pretty much, yeah. Trust people. And, uh, 
so the court was real lenient with me. I mean, not so much me, excuse me, but with us that had the program. Um, you know, we told him he'd like to take the child for 90 days. Uh, see, you know, he'll have regular visits with whoever they want us to visit to there at the, uh, at the, uh, youth uh, program there. So they can interview with them also, you know, every, what, two weeks or four weeks, whatever they decided. So then at the end of the 90 days, if they saw a significant change in this kid, they can expunge his record so this would come off, you know, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the court was pretty good with that. You know, they were saying, well, you know, well, yeah, we'd love to work with you on that. And, uh, it was really good, you know, but unfortunately the agency went down a few years back and, you know, the program got dropped. It was, Basically, uh, we worked it out with the city council and uh, the city, and they was able to come up with funds and everything for it to sponsor it. But uh, by that time, I think we hit uh, problems in the whole country. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so it kind of went by the wayside, unfortunately. Uh, it just, it's really hard, too. You, you know, the program, we had kids that finally, you know, ended up just getting out their rut and going to college. Uh, we had a martial arts, uh, teaching, uh, Jeet Kune Do, uh, Kung Fu, and we put the kids in there so they can learn discipline, respect. And, uh, it was amazing, you know, that these kids would get in there and then when it comes to competitions, uh, they learn to work as a team with each other mm-hmm. and what to do, you know, and work with each other and help each other. Uh, which was something they never did before because they were just pretty much street kids, you know, on their own. Well, you know, I know you were a Marine in Vietnam, and you went over there at a very young age and had to survive uh, a lot of brokenness, especially coming home. And uh, you turned out to be okay. And I know you're a very caring grandfather. I know you care very much for your two grandsons and spend a lot of time with them. And I think that's key if there's at least one adult in their lives who cares enough to spend every weekend with them, they'll turn out okay. Yeah, and, and that's what they look for, you know, is that attention, because it's, it's love, basically, you know, and they don't feel it, and then uh, what they have at their, in their homes at this time is chaos, you know, because either the dad's an alcoholic, the mom's on drugs, uh, you know, one's cheating on the other, or who knows what, and then it just turns into hatred and attitude, and, you know, that's what they live with, that's what they see, see and that's what they think life is, you know. Well, in the classroom, so you sometimes I push, have to say these you gotta kids. you got to push them around. You know, I'll say, I'm, if you don't straighten out, I'm going to call your mom. And sometimes the kids will say, oh, I don't have a mom, or I don't know who my mom is. Or yeah. <laughs> uh, my dad's in jail, um, and, you know, I'm living with my grandmother. Or you find out later that the kid's lying to you, and the kid actually doesn't know what, what parent it is, and it might be an aunt and not a mother. The mother's actually dead or yeah. in jail, and it's <laughs> the aunt that's raised them. I mean, there are all kinds of stories like this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, kids that come to school just have something warm to eat. All kinds. Uh, I had one kid last year. He dressed up in the nicest sports outfits. He was sure to go to the Foot Locker and get the nicest clothes and everything so that the kids would recognize that he was homeless. He was actually living between his grandmother's house, and she was in her 80s, and I think a couple friends' houses, you know, south, uh, living on the couch. Yeah. And that's all he had. And he's a smart kid, very talented, loved by all the other kids. And I said to another teacher in the building, I said, there's a kid who is probably going to be very successful. He's had to overcome a lot, and he's learned to survive at a very young age. 
but he's yeah. he's a nice mm-hmm. kid. You could tell he had a nice personality. He just had the wrong car oh, yeah. felt to him. Yeah, it's, it's hard to break through. Well, the funny part about that too, especially on the street kids, you know, when they come, when we have them come in, we sit down and do an evaluation with them and go through it. You know, I mean, I've seen these kids come in looking hard. I mean, they look hard at you, like they put a bullet in their head just looking at you. You know, and you know, you have to sit there and look at them. You you know what to expect, right? I mean, we've been through it, you know, a million times. So they come in there, and I, you know, it's like you got to give them a little bit of tough love in the beginning. And they look at you funny, and they're like that. You know, you just we had to just kind of bounce back. What are you looking at me like that for? You got a problem? Let's clarify it right now and get it out on the table. Because after this today, there ain't going to be no more problem, okay? <laughs> look at me straight in my eye. Look at me in my eyes, and we're going to work this right now. If you don't, then we're going to send you back up there to the youth center, and you're going to spend your time there. I, I see. I have no qualms doing that. You're mm. not my son. But I care about you, but you're not my son. You had to be the Marine Corps drill sergeant. That's so on you. You had to you had to pull out yeah, your Marine Corps right. training, put your feelings on the back burner, and be a surrogate dad to some of these kids. Yeah, and then they you know, they look at you, and then after they're there, they're like, "Oh wow, okay, you know, this is this okay, this is different than I thought," you know. And then uh, mm-hmm. then we tried to incorporate because we had the Philippine youth activities drill team, and then we had some other activities and programs there that we tried to incorporate in them. Not all of them. We didn't try to push it on them. We'd show them what they were and tell them they're voluntary. It's up to you, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing that we found, and the ones that we did was able to turn around, and the ones that did, they went on to college and ended up, you know, getting degrees. And That's what I was going to ask you. Do you run into any of them, like, at Safeway, and they say, hey, Mr. Navarro, you remember me? <laughs> I run into them in some of the strangest places. Like, we have the uh, Bonadori at, at uh, uh, Japanese Festival each year in, in Seattle. Uh-huh. Right outside of Chinatown, there, and I'll be walking down, and they all call you Uncle Gino. They go, Uncle Gino, how are you? I go, Oh my God, how are you doing? All grown up, uh-huh. man now, thirty some years old. <laughs> That's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> You're so happy to see him, though. It, it, it's it's good. I mean, it, it 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 you know leaves a good feeling in your heart. It does, and and uh, I wish we could have done more of it at the time to what we had, but it's just what it was. So. Kind of resurrected again, but the problem is, you know, funds. Now we got to go through, you got to jump through a whole bunch of hoops to try and get the funding to reincorporate the same type program. Well, and imagine, I was here, yeah, you, you have give to you an example. Yeah, I, like here, I was here in Vegas and I went to the city council here a week ago and kind of explained to them too. And then it's funding. And I said, well, we have a proven track record that we had from Seattle. We just want to duplicate it duplicated here, bring it here also as well. And I said this, you know, it was with, it was through an agency that was called the Philippine Youth Activities, but we took all kinds of kids and it didn't matter what their color was. Mm-hmm. You know, I said, you know, we didn't look at color. We just looked at the kids needed help. So no one else was there for them. So we said, okay, we took on the load. We'd bring in some extras, you know. Then we had a couple guys that come and learn the process with us. And uh, we was able to train them so they knew what to do. And then they would come to us, you know, for whatever and it worked out really well, so I was explaining that to them, too. So uh something for them to consider anyway, I'm hoping, you know, because uh, right now I'm, I'm retired. You know, I hate to say it, but I am retired, and uh, I'm kind of retired, but I'm not retired, that type of situation. But uh I find it that, uh you know, I told them, I said, I would do whatever I have to at this point if you're willing to uh look into this further. And then if we can uh, run it out to get, we get a small space somewhere, I'll, I'll come in and work it myself with no salary, no nothing, 
and then uh, we can go through the process. I can have someone come down from Seattle to help train with these kids, or excuse me, these adults are going to be working with these kids so they get a feel for it. And then uh, I have no problem staying there until everyone's comfortable and then just turning it over and get back into my retirement. <laughs> well, you know, Gino, you're in Vegas where there's a lot of money. And my first thought was, man, when this program ended in Seattle for you, um, you know, you had a proven track record, but these kids now have become successful and they haven't forgotten. They'd be your prime candidates for can you write us a check for 5000 so that we can get this <laughs> off the ground. You know, and, and they'd probably do it. They've seen the value of it in their own lives, uh, short of a nonprofit license number, so you can get a lot more corporate yeah. grants and donations. Well, can yeah, see it being yeah, very and, successful. Uh, yeah, we uh, had <laughs> kind of, what do you call it, round table this idea, you know, with some others, you know, that I was with. And uh, it, was, it was interesting because the same subject came up, but what about some of the ones that are out being successful? I said, we can get some help on them. And I said, I don't think that would be a problem, you know. And when they understand that we're trying to just duplicate exactly what we did with them, uh, they'll see the advantages in it. And you know, uh, so that, that that was another angle to go. And then, of course, you know, you always want to try and find funding, too. So, you know, you, uh, you had a father who was very much like you. He was um, in charge of the union here in Seattle, Longshoreman, uh, Gene Navarro Sr. And he was Filipino, but... I believe your mom was American Indian, right? Well, my my biological mother was Native American, okay. and my adopted mother that raised me was uh, Irish. Okay. So basically, you, you're multicultural, and these kids can relate to you, and probably the city council as well. I mean, if you were to sit down with a bunch of these judges and or some of the um, people in charge of the sociology department at the local university in Phoenix you'd probably discover there's a lot of uh, grad students who'd be willing to help you out, help you get the paperwork filed, and get this program off the ground in, in your dad's name. Um, I can see it being a very successful project. Oh, yeah. Even through the juvenile justice, uh, through the U.S. government, there are grants for stuff like this. Yeah, there, oh, yeah, there is. I mean, we've kind of researched a little bit myself with Slugo from uh, International Drop-In Center. Where's that? Um, and so it's in Seattle. And what we did was we kind of concluded. I talked to the lady that does the one program there. I can't remember the name of it now. But they also help with elderly, with depression and stuff like that and whatnot. And they have a beautiful program that they sponsor with IDIC. Oh, Pearls. And I was I had Pearls. And I, that's right. And I was able to talk with her, the lady that, that runs that. She was up there one day when I was up for a visit to see my grandkids. We got to sit down and talk for about an hour. Mm-hmm. And then I told her, I said, would Pearls be interested if I was able to duplicate the same thing here that you're doing down there for the elderly and whatnot? And uh, she said, we would surely, surely, really look into it. Would would be more than happy to. So that was encouraging coming from her, you know. And uh, uh-huh. so right now, there's another project I'm on. I, I went out and looked at some properties to see what's available right down in Chinatown here. It's, a little different here, Chinatown, from up there. But uh-huh. anyway, they have a little bit of a Chinatown here, and it would be located to where most elders and things can get to it by the bus or by car. Kids can drop them off or whatever. And then with the, with this, we were looking at uh, and one thing we found out in this program, especially at IDIC, you have a lot of elders that were school teachers and things like this, you know. And then mm-hmm. when you incorporate a youth program, where you're trying to help kids, uh, I think a big value is when you can take this kid and bring him in and 
have them talk to an elderly, learn some respect, and talk to an elderly person, man or woman, who is there to help and just be, befriend them and whatever. Like a that, surrogate. Uh, the process, yeah. And so the, the process for them becomes, you know, like, oh, wow, this, this is even cool. And the one thing about you do learn from these kids is that when it does come to an elder, elder, they will learn. They, they don't have to learn. They know how to be respectful, and they will. Mm. And they probably yeah. want to so, help the older person and help with that person's loneliness, too. It's hard when you're older and your kids grow up and they move away, and suddenly you're by yourself. You got all these talents and skills and experiences, and nobody to share them with, right, Gino? Right, right. I'm the only one that you know that did it backwards. I left all my kids up there, and I ended up moving down here. <laughs> well, you've popped smoke, and you've gone into a hot LZ, right? <laughs> I, uh, folks, I want you all to uh, be able to contact Gino. Gino, do you want to throw your phone number out there and your email so that? If people are interested in donating to this, they can. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Gino Navarro. Uh, number is seven zero two three zero five nine four one two. Email address is small letters G I N O N A V A R R O three at gmail dot com. Wonderful, wonderful. My hope is that between you and Slugo, you, you guys can get this uh, into some sort of a, a speaker's dinner uh, to try and raise funds. I can see that happening. Um, the old saying is a lot of people will tell me when I've done grant writing, hey, I uh, just was approached by somebody and they knocked on my door first and I gave money and that was my year's supply of uh, advertising dollars for my business. But if you guys had just asked me first, I would have given it to you. Yeah. So a lot of times it's just asking first or having the courage to ask. And I, I know that about you. You're not afraid to ask. And that's, oh, what yeah. people, that's what these <laughs> kids need. You know, they need mentors that teach them how to even speak publicly and, and state, hey, I'm in trouble. These are my needs. Please help me meet them. Because, you know, Gino, if, if it weren't for people like you who cared, None of us would have made it. Everybody's got to realize none of us have made it this far without teachers with big erasers on their pencils, including myself, and who will realize that, gosh, that homeless person over there, that could be me. You know, that one, one paycheck away from the street or getting fired or getting medically retired suddenly, you know, that can happen. Or somebody in a family saying, you know, yeah. you're not a good provider, we're done. Yeah. That happens too. So, folks out there, I'm hoping you're you're hearing Gino. Uh, these kids need adults who care. Uh, we're not asking you to adopt them, but maybe you could sponsor them, kind of like the old program in the 70s called uh, Big Brothers and Sisters. I, I don't know what happened to that program, but, man, it was successful. Uh, and people volunteered yeah, their time to help these kids that were in trouble. Uh, and, Gino, I know that's in your heart. I know you can uh, be a grandfather. Uh, to all of us and show us the way. Uh, you've gotten yourself out of hard times, hard situations, and made it. And we can all learn a lot from your skill set. Well, thank you. I, you know, it's a, I, to be honest with you, when you go back and look at it, uh, I was actually, my dad was funny, was the strict as he was running the union and everything, he was really strict, you know. And to me, that was just, you know, I, I'm, I I kind of felt when I was a kid, I was the one being on the brunt of everything because he has to prove he's so strict and da 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 for his work. It has to carry over to me, too, at home. 
so I started going down the wrong path and everything and uh, doing all the wrong things, I guess, as a kid does at times. But it wasn't ever that it was a situation where I didn't like my dad or my mom and none of that stuff like that, where they didn't love love me. They always showed me that. It was just the strictness that kind of got to me, and I let it eat my brain out a little bit, right? Mm. <laughs> and so uh, the good news to it all, though, I finally got to a point to where I thought, hey, I keep getting in trouble, and Dad would talk to me, you know, and he'd say, you know, you, you have no need or reason to want to be in any kind of trouble to do these things. But yet you, you wander off the wrong way. It's just going to get bad for you later on when you get older. And I said, think about it. He's right, you know. So that's when the time came. I started looking at, uh, then I joined the Marine Corps. Gino, my mom said that to me in my 20s. She said, the decisions you make in your 20s are going to affect you the rest of your life. Man, was she right. That's the one thing I can hear. <laughs> Spot on correct. And, well, it was a <laughs> I didn't have to join the Marine Corps to find that out, but wow. <laughs> I, I was I was a hard head. What can I say? Or go to but war. the thing was, what I, what the, the, the one thing that I did find out, you know, as, as I was going through this process later on, after I came back and got out, and then you know, I, I went in the Marine Corps. I was actually when I got out of the Marine Corps, I was high school dropout. I just dropped out, signed up, and went. Hmm. And. uh so it became crazy to me in the life things that I've learned and what I learned to do from selling cars or whatever and then doing other stuff, you know, working up in the canneries in Alaska and whatnot. But I was, I was able to uh, sit down and rationalize myself that I can do these things even though I didn't have the education. I said, you know, I, I don't realize there were things that I can do. And then I thought, if I can do these, and I, when I talk to these kids, I, you know, and I give them my example. I said, if I can do this, you can do this. Believe me, I was no straight-A student. You know? I've been a lot I, of I was educated barely, people, Gino, that I, can't do anything. I, They've graduated from college oh, I know. and they can't <laughs> do anything. And that's what I'm telling them, you know, and I said, but, you know, I, I got barely passed by grades, got me through. But look where I'm at. And then I, I loved it when I was working at this one place, and um, I was a manager, mm-hmm. and we had these college graduates that would come in, and, you know, because they're just fresh out of school, just got their doctorate or their sheepskin, whatever. And they got this big idea that they're going to reinvent the business that we're doing. And I said, well, let me see. You're, so you're a six, what you're telling me is you're a 60-day wonder. you got the education and the knowledge on what business is all about to a point. But you have no experience in it and what to do with it once you got in there. But you're going to, re, you're going to revamp all of us up. Did you tell me? And you and go, yeah, well, you know, you're doing this wrong and that wrong. I said, really, we're doing all this so wrong, but yet we're a multimillion-dollar company. <laughs> and we seem to be doing okay, and you, but you think you can do it better. And I said, explain to me one thing. They'll look at you real funny, like, what's that? I said, well, I'm your boss, right? And they go, yeah, and I said, okay. And I said, you got, you got your degree and graduated from college? Said, yeah. I said, See, the thing that amazes me in this conversation right now is that I'm a high school dropout, and I'm your boss. <laughs> yeah. You, you have a skill set. You can talk to people, and you know you have people skills. And that is something that is learned. Not everybody's got it. I think of the kids in the classroom who are forced to speak publicly, and if they have a terrifying experience, they never speak publicly again in any class, and they go out and look for jobs where they can hide in the corner of some basement somewhere to feel (laughs) successful, and they'll never break out of their shell because they're too scared. Uh, And no no amount of schooling will teach you that. (laughs) Life will teach you that. Yeah. 
you know, and they'd say, yeah, and they'd look at you, you're a high school dropout? And I'd say, yeah, and I'm, I'm the manager. No, how does that work? I said, the ball was my mind, too, son. Don't worry about it. <laughs> look at Bill Gates. Isn't he a college dropout? I Not think he Microsoft. was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. But, you know, then it was, it was kind of funny. Then they would, they would all of a sudden understand. I said, you know, and it was easy. Once you talk to them, you know, they kind of observe this in their brain, what I just told them. Then all of a sudden it's become, okay, well, what does he know that I don't know? And I said, there's not much of anything. I said, it's all just in basics. And you learn that as you go. And you will. And you'll pick up more and more and more with whoever you work with. And, you know, you'll see something from one person, something from another. You gather that. You take what you can use, what you can't. You throw away. That's all there is to it. Reminds me of my dad. You know, he, used, he was in the Army, and he told me, uh, sooner or later you're going to learn that your ear is not sewn to your mouth. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. I like that. <laughs> Well, Gino, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Folks, if you can, uh, make Gino's dream come true and help these kids. A lot of them are broken because adults have just ignored them. And that could have been us. When you are uh, feeling generous and maybe you have a casino habit and you can throw down 100 bucks and lose it in five seconds on uh, White Lion or Lucky Lemmings, think about these kids who've got nobody in their lives to show them the way to be a compass and help them, help them learn right from wrong, help them survive in society, help them to become good listeners. Uh, it's people like Gene Navarro who do care, uh, Sluga Rigor, and uh, those are the kind of people who, like leaves, are dropping from the trees year by year, uh, and their skills are something that have to be developed over time and that we lose. So please, be generous, think about what he's saying, and be willing to donate. Because you can make this dream happen for those children, boys and girls. Uh, you can stop a lot of the the next generation of uh, kids from failing as well because someone cared. And with that, Gino, I want to thank you for calling the Sean Tester Show. Do you want to go out zombie style, mafia style, or flushed? Zombie style. All right, here we go. The zombie apocalypse. <laughs> This would have happened, Polly, if you hadn't paid off the wrong senators. I knew this would come back to bite us. It's your fault. I want you to take care of it. Now. Well, I want to thank Gino and Joey and Polly for appearing on our show today. And unfortunately, we ran out of time, but I want to remind all the men out there that are paying child support, an issue we didn't have time to touch on, just pay it. It's for the kids. With that, I hope to hear back from you next week. If you'd like to send in an idea for a show topic, I can be reached at trashner at hotmail.com, or you can call me at 425-247-8827. Or text me at that number. I also have voicemail. Looking forward to next week. Thank you for being on the Sean Tester Show. Your program, my good buddy, my good friend, my good associate and colleague in information dissemination, Sean, you 
this program has so much promise. This podcast you do is is a an expression and an outreach from what you do best.